The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Last night we raised 88000 which was awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, if you if you don't know, we have a shelter that is right upstairs here. So right above our heads, there's a shelter seven days a week, and uh, it's just incredibly exciting to see uh, people come. A lot of people we just don't know, but but who have come because they have been invited, because they uh, have heard uh, of this unique little coffee shop that cares for for homeless youth. So thank you all for the role that you played in that. Um, also, before we get started, I want to share something that's been going through my head a lot this week. Um, as many of you know, my, my grandmother passed away, and, and we had her graveside Friday, and then her memorial yesterday on Saturday. And uh, my dad's dad, Roland was his name, uh, he was a pastor at Manchester Community Church. Manchester, not England, but the little little burb of Port Orchard. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's amazing to walk down memory lane and some memories that you don't have but are just being shared with you. One of those memories that that is shared with me often when I'm around my my dad and um, and the the Manchester crowd that that knew him when he was a young man uh, is so often people will say, Daniel, the first time I heard the gospel was was sitting under your grandfather's preaching. And, and just the beautiful legacy of so many saying, this is, uh, this is when I heard the gospel. I responded to the gospel because of the preaching of your grandfather. And so I, I've been thinking about that a lot in relation to the refuge. And man, that, wouldn't that be the coolest thing if, if, if years from now, you know, 50 years from now, people were saying, this is where I heard the gospel was on a refuge, a refuge church on a Sunday morning. And, and, and just, I want you guys to pray towards that. The gospel isn't just heard uh, through preaching. It's heard through singing. It's heard through you who are sitting next to one another sharing the gospel with each other. And so let's just pray that that's the story of, of our little church, is that, man, this is where people can either hear the gospel for the first time or hear the gospel again and again and again and learn to live it. So... It's our prayer. Let's pray and we'll get into the word together. Father, may we hear your voice this morning. Pray that you will quiet our hearts, knowing that the things around us might not quiet down. The the rage in the world that we can't we can't just say stop to that but what we can do is we can fix our eyes on you uh, the one who is in control the one who is sovereign and I pray that this morning we will have absolute trust in your sovereign care trust in your promises to us and that your word, not just, not just a fresh word, we don't just ask for that, but we just ask to even just hear the word that you preserved here in your scripture. I will learn to treasure it and live by it. And pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, last night, 
the uh, the gentleman, friend of mine, Jeremy Spainauer, who was doing the raise the paddle portion of the gala, he said, uh, in adolescence, there's two things that we we primarily look for, primarily desire, and that is where we belong and who we belong to. Where we belong and who we belong to. And I thought, man, how, how many of us you can tell I did a lot of my sermon prep after the gala. <laughs> How many of us, hearing that, knowing that, feeling that, in our adolescence even, and, and maybe even before adolescence, this time where we, we are just wondering, who do I belong to? And, and where do I belong? Where can I call home? Where do I really feel home? Not, not just a place, but the, the feeling of belonging. Where is that? And I think that shapes so much of our lives. Those two questions and how we answer them shape so much of our lives. And, and it shapes not just how we feel and how we think, but how we act and, and who we associate with. Or, right, some of our, our weird quirks, a lot of that, a lot of just the ways we respond, our gut instincts, our responses to how we understand who we belong to and and where we belong. Well, Jesus, talking about belonging, said some things that were pretty hard. Jesus said, if you belong to me, you're not going to feel like you belong here. If you belong to me, you're not just going to not feel like you belong here, but you will feel like if you belong to me and you've made your home with me, and you go by my name, you will feel, you will be hated in this world. You'll be hated here. He didn't say, if you know that you're mine and you belong with me and where I am, there you have home, then you will feel comfortable, upper middle class. That wasn't the promise. The promise is that you would would be hated here. How is that gospel and how is that good news? That is the word of Jesus that we're going to look at today. And this Jesus said that. <laughs> how is the word of Jesus, you will be hated, gospel and how is it good news? So look at John 15 uh, with me. John 15, starting in verse 18, and going through 25, says this If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember, you you hear this language of belonging already in here? Remember that I have told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they also will obey yours They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates the Father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. And as it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. 
But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. So if we come back to the beginning, I just want to define a term that I think is really important here. And that is the world. And, and you hear that work out as, as it says they a lot. They is this repeated word over and over again. Who is they and who is the world? Well, in the Gospels, in the New Testament um, also, the, the world is referred to in three ways. The first is just creation, all of creation being the world. Second is humanity. For God so loved the world, God so loved people, he came to rescue people the world, humanity. And the last, the last is uh, an order, a people, a group of people who have set themselves up in opposition to God. And they clarifies it even more that Jesus is speaking not just about um, a generic those who oppose him, but very specifically he's speaking about his people, the they, the Jews who he's given his word to, who even after having these promises for so long that the Messiah would come, they did not believe him when he came. And that's why you get these almost cryptic sayings like, um, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. What does that mean? What he's saying is if the Messiah hadn't shown up, it wouldn't be bad to not believe in the Messiah, right? If, if the Messiah hadn't shown up and that was never fulfilled, then they wouldn't be in the wrong because, but I'm, I'm coming and they're seeing my work. They're seeing my work, but they're denying my work. So that is, that is the world. That is the they that Jesus is speaking to here. For us, as we now go out in the name of Jesus Our belonging is found in him. Our belonging not just is found in him, in whose we are, but where we are. And that, remember, we just preached on this recently. John 14 started with, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's where our belonging is. We now are those who receive these words from Jesus and will be hated because of them. Let's unpack this. Because I'm sure not a lot of you go around being like, I'm so hated all the time. This is the worst. So, four things that we're hated because of. The first thing is we are hated because of Jesus. Now, this is a super important identifier because you might be hated for a lot of things that isn't this, okay? (laughs) You know, I might hate you sometimes. And it's not because you love Jesus. It's just because I don't like you, okay? That's just, (laughs) that's on me, okay? That's on me. It's not on you. That was a joke. I love you. But seriously, we can be difficult people, right? So, so he's not saying this. He's not saying we're hated because it's just a hard day. It's not like you stub your toe and you're like, Jesus, why, right? That's not what he's talking about here, right? And we can be babies. We can overreact sometimes, right? It's, it's, it's not hated because you're, you're human, Uh doing things that we do, like cutting somebody off in traffic and you know, they, they give you a certain finger that orients itself to the middle of your hand and, and, you know, and when they do that, you're not like, oh, the Lord said I'd receive this. No, you're just being a jerk. 
And that's why they're hating you. There are many, many ways that hate happens. And I'm not, I shouldn't make fun of this, but I just think it is funny sometimes how we sometimes like imply odd passages we're being hated because of Jesus. And really that isn't what's happening. And it's, it's not hatred for or from, I would say normal enemies. And and those normal enemies that really are abnormal, these things we fight with like, like we know that death is an enemy. And when we, when we feel death encroaching, it feels like this darkness of hatred, right? Like it is this enemy force, but, but that is not unique to us and our identification with Christ. That happens to all people. So there's a lot going on that is happening to all people and that is not what it's speaking about here. Here it's talking about a very specific identification to those who belong to Jesus, those who have identified with Jesus. And this is, this might help, it is hatred reserved for Jesus. Hatred reserved for Jesus. And that might be, that's crazy. I mean, a lot of us will say often, like, people like talking about Jesus. But like, liking talking about Jesus and, and loving Jesus and obeying his words are, are two different things. And there is a hatred we see reserved uniquely for Jesus. And we'll unpack that a little bit. One of the things I think we'll find uh, is perhaps how little we are hated because we are actually like Jesus. Oftentimes we just find ourselves in tense situations and sometimes that brings out in us how actually unlike Jesus we are. You get what I'm saying there? I think sometimes the way we respond to the hatred or the animosity in the world sometimes actually reveals in us how little we respond and are actually identified with Jesus. Many of us spend our lives trying very hard to fly under the radar, right? Like, I know they're not gonna like me if I'm this much like Jesus, so I'm gonna be this much like Jesus. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. Okay, even if you're not shaking your head, you know what I mean. Like, we're we're like, okay, I'm gonna say like, hey, I'm spiritual, like everybody else. You know, like, we're gonna gonna associate ourselves with things that, that just don't make someone be like, you really think that? And, and listen to this, Jesus says in Matthew 10, 33, and, and this is a sobering thing for us to hear if we try flying under the radar and not identifying with Jesus that much. Matthew 10, 33 says this, Jesus says this, whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. That's pretty serious. Jesus said that, which means if we only try to identify with him this much and not this much, Are we denying him? I'm not going to answer that one for you. I'm going to let you wrestle with that. What does that mean for us? What does it mean for us to be identified with Jesus? And, and thankfully, just in the build out of these passages, starting all the way in, in John 14 and going, as Jesus is giving this beautiful talk to his disciples, one thing he clarifies twice in, in chapter 14, 15, and then 14, 23, is he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. 23 says, if anyone who loves me, they will obey my 
teaching and my Father's love will be in them and we will come to them and make our home with them. That's what it means to identify with Jesus. When you hear his teaching, you obey his teaching. In John 15, he says, literally, this is what he says. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He says, remain in me, abide in me, rest in me. And if you rest in me, you're going you're gonna to live a fruitful life. And if you don't rest in me, you can't do anything. That is, that is what identification and belonging to Jesus means. So we're going to go on and we're going we're gonna to touch, touch more on what is, it, what is this hatred then that is reserved for Jesus and, and why is it that if we identify with him we will be hated also? What is that hatred reserved for him? The second thing though is we are hated because we don't belong here. And, and we, we read that here and it says, um, as it is you do not belong to the world but I have chosen you out of the world because we have made our home with Jesus, we're no longer at home here. We no longer try and fight to find our final and lasting resting place here. What that challenges in the world is, that, is this. The world functions on the basis of conformity. And it just does. Despite their best efforts of salvation through tolerance and everyone's okay. But really, we, we know. Everyone knows that unless you conform at some point, right? And that's why we try to fly under the radar. Unless you conform at some point, you're just, you're gonna be the outside. You're not gonna be liked and you will at times be hated. And it functions on conformity. And to, to betray conformity, by not just going along with it means that you're not wanted here. Really, you, if you identify with Christ, because Christ is not wanted here. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And, and this, is, this is like, this might be mind-bending for some of us who, who have flown to the radar for so long and we're like, it's going to be okay. I'm just, I'm just going to cruise my way under towards heaven, you know? And, but, but when we get there, we go, man, I didn't represent that holiness well. We're just trying to conform. You know, I, these are just, these are serious questions responding to Jesus's actual words. Have you made your home here? The, the picture I, I had uh, while I was thinking of this was, um, and it's kind of silly, but Cinderella. Okay, I love the story of Cinderella. Uh, Disney did a wonderful remake, live action. It was just wonderful. So check it out. Um, Cinderella, why is she hated? And we, we watch Cinderella, and all of us, like, you just have that feeling. You're like, she's so nice. <laughs> you know? She doesn't belong there anymore, right? I mean, think of the home that she'd made with her father. Okay, I'm not going to over-proverbialize the story of, <laughs> it's this beautiful allegory. Um, no, but really, you know, why is she hated? That's the question. Why did they hate Jesus? Why? This man who is love incarnate. 
Why is he hated? And that's the big question that we're going to ask the whole time. If we identify with Jesus and we've made our home with Jesus, why why is hatred given to that? The third thing is hated because of spiritual because of spiritual ignorance. And and I realized in writing that the word ignorant, if you charge someone with ignorance, that's like kind of high crime, right? You're like, how but this is this is what Jesus is saying. Verse 21. He says, They will treat you this way because of my, my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. He's charging them with ignorance, right? They don't know the Father. And, and, but here, nonconformity on this earth is to tell someone they're wrong. And not like, hey, we're going to agree to disagree. You're like, no, I just can't agree. <laughs> I, just, I just disagree. <laughs> and and, and to, I'm, I'm okay with it. We keep talking about this, but... But I'm not going to conform by just going, it's okay that we all disagree because we have profoundly different ideas of how this works out in the end. And so we need to talk. Like we have to talk about it. And, and what Jesus is saying, and, and think of who he's saying this to. Who is he charging as spiritually ignorant? Who is he saying doesn't know the Father? He's telling this to the Jewish people who have been the ones who have access to Yahweh all along. That is ultimate betrayal. And, and we're verging on understanding why they begin hating him so much. Right? It's, like, it's like when you get into these places of ultimate tolerance and then you start going, man, no, I think Jesus is the way. And you start saying the words of Jesus, not the ones that are just like acceptable, like, hey, we all, sh- we all should treat one another as each of us want to be treated. And everyone's like, yeah. And then you're like, and then Jesus is like, I'm the only way to the Father. And, and then that is not accepted. It just, it, it isn't. And, and this is what Jesus is saying. He, with his eyes set towards Jerusalem, where he will go, where he will give his life, the place that the, the temple dwells and the place people have come to meet with God. And he's saying, you don't know the God you worship. If you did and you listened to him, you would believe me. But you don't. And and so we're coming to understand why he is being hated because they do not recognize him as Jesus, as Jesus, as the Messiah. And then the last is this, because, dot, dot, dot. And and that is simply verse 25 where it says, this is to fulfill what is is written, they hated without reason. There isn't a reason to hate Cinderella. <laughs> there isn't a reason to hate Jesus, right? There isn't. If you look at Jesus and you look at he came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came for all to come to him, all who would come, that he would give them life and freedom in himself and give them forgiveness of sins. That's who Jesus is. And so their hate was without reason. It's just they did not want him. And so they hated him. And and so what we see in Jesus is one who, being mocked, jeered, everything, the worst in humanity being thrown at him while he was on the cross. Things that they didn't even know were in themselves, they were throwing at Jesus. People who, 
moments before were working, talking with friends, raising children. These people were now gathered around a cross screaming vile hatred at Jesus. Where did that come from? They don't even know where that came from. There wasn't reason to scream at Jesus on the cross. But they were, and so do we. (laughs) All of us, like them, have had nothing but hatred in our hearts. And if we haven't come to reconcile with that fact, we'll never come to the reconcile with the fact that we need the gospel. You were a hater of Jesus. You have been a hater of Jesus. You want nothing but to have no Messiah in the world because you want to be fine without him. And this is the gospel that all have sinned, all hated Jesus, also we have. And we've done it without reason. Because the God who created the world and loved it so much sent his only son into the world. Not to condemn the world again, but to save the world. That is the gospel. That's the good news that we hear even in this is is through the hatred, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Man, if you're hated, how do you respond? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stop thinking that everyone just knows what they're doing. They're just as clueless as you are, (laughs) right? Until the light of the gospel, the goodness of God shone into your heart and he gave you a love for himself and and he brought you into relationship with him that you know belonging, that you know whose you are. That is the gospel and that is the good news. And so we respond to hatred by offering an invitation, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Because if there's anything that's happened in your heart to make you not a hater but a lover, it's because you have come to Jesus yourself. Amen? Amen. And and that is the good news in, in this very challenging verse. If the world hates you, keep in mind that they hated me first. And so how do you respond? You respond like Jesus. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Pray with me. Father, please God, teach us your way. Make us less defensive. Help us respond in love. Help us know and feel so much our belonging in you that that regardless what comes we love like Jesus because we've been loved by Jesus. Amen.